0: Hey, everybody, happy new year, my friends, happy new year. So what is your plan for 2022? What's your retirement investing plan? Where are you gonna put your money and possibly more important, when are you gonna do it? So a couple episodes ago, I said that if you're self-employed and you're not putting away a thousand bucks a month, you need a side hustle. And I still stand by that, okay, okay? Of course, there are nuances. If you're 25 years old, you can put away less. And if you're 55, depending on how much you've got socked away, you may need to be doing more. Anyway, I I like the number, the $1,000 number, because it's a nice round number. And it's an amount that you can realistically make in a month with a side hustle. Now, today, I'm not going to talk about how to make the money or how to invest the money. Today, I'm going to talk about when to invest the money. Little background here. So when I quit my job and got myself into this frightening world of variable income, I was afraid to make my IRA contributions throughout the year. Um, You know, I would take small distributions as, as small as I could from my business throughout the year just so I could pay the bills. Um, And I took as little as I could because, you know, I never knew how much my income was going to be a couple of months down the road. So then come around March, around tax time, I'd be having that uncomfortable talk with my accountant about taxes. And she would say, Matt, you owe, say, three grand in taxes. But if you put 10 grand into your SEP IRA, you won't owe anything or something like that. And I remember one time, like it was yesterday, it was like 2008. Now, we had that conversation while I was in a cab in New York, and she told me how much I Owed and how much I could offset by putting a wad of cash into my IRA. And I remember just being sick to my stomach, but I got out of that cab, went to my hotel room, got onto E-Trade and transferred pretty much every available cent that I had into my, uh, my SEP account. And thank God for those conversations every year because, well, my account's awesome. And she kicked my ass into putting away money and saving on taxes in the process. But... There is a problem with my strategy of waiting until tax time to make my contributions. And that was that it was, I was missing out on gains, okay? Yes, I was keeping my powder dry, but that nervousness was costing me money. Now, class is in session now. Today's lecture is going to be about the beauty of dollar cost averaging. Had I been putting money into my IRA at a thousand bucks a month instead of waiting, that would have been doing what they call dollar cost averaging. Now, um, here is an, an official definition from Investopedia dollar cost averaging, or DCA, is an investment strategy in which an investor divides up the total amount to be invested across periodic purchases of a target asset in an effort to reduce the impact of volatility on the overall purchase. The purchases occur regardless of the asset's price and at regular intervals. In effect, this strategy removes much of the detailed work of attempting to time the market in order to make purchases of equities at the best prices. Dollar cost averaging is also known as the constant dollar plan. Okay, so when they say that the goal is to reduce the impact of volatility, what they mean is that, you know, if you put away one fat lump sum into the market and then the market takes a dump, you're going to take a big loss and then you're not going to be able to buy the dip because you put all your money into that, uh, you know, that lump sum deposit, if you will. But if you're going a month at a time and gradually buying your way in, if the market's going down, you get to get in at lower and lower prices as the price of the equities go down, which will give you more opportunity for upside. So yes, you're avoiding volatility, but you're also getting more exposure to the possible gains and meaning your money isn't sitting idle on the sidelines for most of the year like mine did. Okay. And it adds up. Seriously. So I broke out my Compoundy app. Again, I love this app. It's called compoundy C-O-M-P-O-U-N-D-E-E, to check this out. And dollar cost averaging does make a difference in your real returns. So I've been self-employed for 15 years. So I'm going to use a 15-year timeframe here for this illustration. I'm also going to use $1,000 a month as the number. So if I were to have put up a year into my SEP every year at the end of the year in a lump sum and just put it into an S&P mutual fund that averaged an 11% return, I'd end up with about $413,000 after 15 years. But if I put in $1,000 a month, dollar cost averaging instead, I would have ended up with $433,000. Okay, not a huge deal, but that's 20 grand more by dollar cost averaging in. So this strategy not only helps protect you from volatility in the form of violent drops, but it also increases your returns by putting your money to work sooner. All that said, and this is not financial advice, but it's worth looking at your projected income this year, and if you do have my habit of keeping your powder dry, you might consider coming up with a comfortable number for your monthly IRA contributions and dollar cost average your way in. And it doesn't just have to be for your IRA. It could be for your cryptocurrency purchases. As for me, I'm totally wishing that I would have dollar cost averaged instead of throwing in a lump sum in October. I'm not worried about it for the long run, but right now, Bitcoin is seriously on sale, and I don't have any dry powder to take advantage of the sale. Just something to think about for your money in 2022. Okay, next up, uh, retirement legislation is coming this year. Okay, last summer I mentioned some legislation that was brewing, and I want to give you a quick update on it. The Securing a Strong Retirement Act of 2021, which is sometimes called the Secure Act 2.0, passed the House Ways and Means Committee in May, which set it up for a vote on the House floor, but that bill was stalled as Congress shifted their focus to Biden's build back Bolshevik proposal, um, we're still waiting to see what happens with that $1.7 trillion deal. But in the meantime, insiders are saying that there's optimistic sentiment about the SECURE Act getting passed this year. So real quick, I just wanted to share a few of the details with the plans with you. Now, some of the features will not help us self-employed people, including the expansion of automatic enrollment of workers in employer-sponsored retirement retirement savings plans, uh, employees would automatically be enrolled in plans like 401Ks or 403Bs unless they opt out. Now, to me, that's really nothing but a good thing because people are dumb, people are financially illiterate, and they're short-sighted. So a little push in the right direction is probably what needs to happen, um, especially if you look at the pathetically low average retirement savings rates for Americans. One thing that I can't tell you is what the minimum employee count is for businesses to have to participate in this. Hopefully it's big enough that mom and pop businesses aren't going to get bit by this, but uh, another thing uh, is that the employee's initial automatic contributions would be between 3 and 10% of their pre-tax earnings, and if the amount is less than 10%, that amount would automatically be increased by 1% a year until reaching 10%. So, again, that's kind of good. Again, force people to save because they're not doing it by themselves. Uh, Also, the bill would raise the age for RMDs up to 73, up from the current age of 72. uh, And that would edge up to 74 starting in 2029 and then 75 in 2032. Now, that's a good thing. Also, in my opinion, the bill would also reduce penalties for missed RMDs. Also, catch-up contribution limits would be raised for employees aged 62 to 64 from the current $6,500 a year up to $10,000, and that number would uh, increase index to inflation. Also, a good thing. But that's for employee sponsored plans. For traditional IRAs, the 50 end up catch up contribution isn't slated to be raised, but they would index future raises to inflation. So that's not a big deal and that really doesn't help us self-employed people. There's a couple other things in there, but the main takeaway is that Yet another year has gone by without Social Security reform. Okay, that's the elephant in the room. Little Band-Aids like the SECURE Act are going to help some people. Yes, definitely. But the situation with Social Security must be addressed. So call your congressman. 2033 could be a very bad year for a lot of us if something doesn't get done soon. Okay, next up, your geographic plan B. So real quick, I just made a little discovery that I want to share with you. And as I've mentioned previously, I'm big on the idea of having what I call the geographic plan B, which is basically a place where you would be comfortable living that has significantly lower overall costs of living in case, say, your investments don't work out and you need a cheaper place to live. If you haven't listened to my interview with Tim Leffel, that dude bought a house in this really cute little town in central Mexico called Guanajuato, and he lives a great life there for cheap. Now, your plan B doesn't necessarily have to be a foreign country, though generally you will need to head abroad if you want the biggest uh, like, bang for your buck. Anyway, I always think of it in terms of post-retirement when I'm living off my investments. But uh, now that many of us are shifting to remote work, it's becoming a lot more feasible To head somewhere while you're still working and start getting the benefits of cheap living before you're on a fixed retirement income. That could not only give you the lifestyle advantages of living someplace cool like Costa Rica or Panama or something like that, but it could also ramp up your retirement savings because your costs are going to go down. But get this your taxes could also go down way down and this is all new to me so you you probably already know that the u.s is uh one of only two countries in the world that'll tax its citizens on their worldwide income fyi the uh, other country is eritrea uh if you're not familiar that's uh in the northeast coast of africa just north of ethiopia and uh across west across the red sea from yemen anyway There is an exemption, a tax exemption, that I never knew about, and it's called the Foreign Earned Income Exclusion, or FEIE, which can make moving abroad to a lower tax jurisdiction very lucrative for us Americans. So this is a special provision in the U.S. tax code that allows U.S. citizens living abroad who file Form 2555, along with their tax return, to earn up to $112,000 a year tax-free. U.S. tax-free. So apparently, this is a strategy regularly used by overseas staff of big companies, and clearly I wasn't aware of it, but apparently any American citizen can take advantage of it to save tens of thousands of dollars uh, in taxes per year. And on top of that, there's also a housing deduction or exclusion that can help you save even more. I don't know anything about that. Uh, I did, however, kind of go down a rabbit hole on this just because you know I always thought that you got taxed at full rack rate if you lived in a foreign country. So I was kind of excited to learn about this. But anyway, if you want to geek out like me, the IRS has a full-on booklet about how all this works, and it's called Publication 54, the, quote, Tax Guide for U.S. Citizens and Resident Aliens Abroad. I'll put a link to that booklet in the show notes if you want to check it out. Um, Now, savings on your taxes, as I've harped on many times before, is one of the best returns that you can get. Remember, taxes and inflation are the two biggest destroyers of your wealth. I mean, think about it. If you're in the 22% tax bracket and you move to a low or no tax country. That is a fat raise instantly. Okay. An instant return. By the way, there are a few countries that have zero income tax. I United Arab Emirates. If you wanted to move to Dubai, you can live income tax free. Uh, Monaco, Bermuda, Bahamas. There's a few others. Anyway, just something to think about. As the world is getting smaller and smaller all the time and um what else did i want to cover oh yeah so um one thing i forgot to mention is that in december i bought a new computer specifically to mine cryptocurrency okay um now this is not a way to make good money just be warned but i wanted to i wanted to kind of learn how it works so i bought this fast gaming computer with a NVIDIA like 3080 uh graphics card. And I've got it now set up and it's earning a few dollars a day. But definitely again, not lucrative, but it's very fun to watch. I'm mining Ethereum and it's super cool to see it m- as I'm I'm in this mining pool and every day I earn a little bit of Ethereum. And um it's it's just kind of a fun little exercise, and again, I didn't I didn't get into it because I wanted to make a bunch of money. I just kind of want to f- figure out the mechanics of this mining, and it's been kind of fun. And so, this computer it's a mega fast computer. It sits there. It uh, it's got like literally liquid cooled, like well, like it's got like a radiator in it um, to cool the the CPU. Anyway, I'll keep you posted on how that works out as I you know, make money. And then uh, Ethereum, as you may or may not know, this year supposedly is gonna switch to proof of stake instead of proof of work. So I won't be able to mine it anymore and I'll have to switch to another uh, cryptocurrency to mine. But in the meantime, I'm gonna just mine Ethereum until this uh, ETH2 kind of comes out. So that's it for today. Um, I hope your year is off to a good start. And um, think about that whole dollar cost averaging thing because it's important and it can help you get better returns and it can help kind of uh, insulate you from from market volatility. Okay, that's it. I will talk to you later. Nothing in this podcast is meant to be financial, legal, or tax advice. Though there's some kick-ass information here, it's for informational purposes only. Take control of your retirement planning, but get professional counsel if you need tax, legal, or financial advice. For more content like this, join my mailing list at rogueretirementlounge.com. And if you have questions about retirement investing, entrepreneurship, business, or anything else, my email address is matt at rogueretirementlounge.com.